Bible, Psalm chapter 5 is where we're going to start. We're in week number three of a series called Anchors, and we have been talking about um, what we need to be anchored to in our relationship with Jesus. Um, week number one, we probably should have kicked this off, and um, as I'm going through this thing, I'm kind of thinking about, like, we, we, we probably should have said, hey, we need to be anchored in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Like, that should have been the first thing that we talked about. Um, I, I thought maybe that was just a given. Um, and so if you didn't know that, that, that should be a given. Jesus is our anchor, right? And we, we need to be anchored in Jesus. Um, and in this series, um, probably in the next couple of weeks, we will, um, we will have a message where we talk about that and the importance of Jesus Christ alone. Um, but we didn't start there. We started with um, compassion. In week number one, we talked about how we needed to be anchored in compassion. And I told you compassion was greater than condemnation. And I said the, the, that condemnation is a language that the, for all or for far too long the church has spoken against people. Like outside of these walls, everybody knows what we're against and nobody knows what we're for. And then when people come in or, or as followers of Jesus, as, as we go out into the world, um, we want to be quick to condemn people because they're not like us and they're not doing the things that that we're doing and that's not what Jesus is about and if we're going to be followers of Jesus we need to do the things that Jesus did no matter how hard because quick news flash um, there's not a lot of compassion at times in Pastor Ryan um, that's not one of my giftings because compassion and mercy those are things I have to fight really hard for and if I, but if I understand if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ then my life has to be marked by kindness and compassion um, week number two, last week we talked about forgiveness, another thing that I have difficulty in. I think this series is more about what Ryan struggles in um, than what anybody else does, and so I'm learning through this, and this is just becoming my therapy session, and I'm just spewing out to you all of my faults and what God is speaking to me, and so, so maybe you can take some of that as well. Um, but we talked about forgiveness and how we need to be a forgiving people. We said unforgiveness holds us back in our relationship with Jesus and with other people, that we need to forgive. We have to forgive. If we don't forgive, we become bitter and angry, and that's not what Jesus would want us to be. Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross, he looks down at the people who had been beating him, and they'd spit on him, and they're hurling insults at him, and somebody had put a spear in him, and, and they're doing all of this stuff, and, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, that's a really difficult thing, and I don't know that many of us are at the point where somebody is killing us, that we can say, God, forgive them. They don't know what they do. It literally looks like they know what they're doing, um, but, but God, forgive them. But if we, again, if we're going to be followers of Jesus, he wants us to anchor ourselves in forgiveness and not unforgiveness. Um, today, we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit. In the past two weeks, we've been talking about how anchors are a good thing and a bad thing, and we've been talking about like the, the two um, different views of, of each subject. Um, today is a little bit different. We're, we're kicking off a church-wide 21-day of prayer event. Um, and so at the end of the service, Pastor Gary's going to come up and he's going to talk to you about that. Um, but in order to get there, um, this message is going to be how we need to be anchored in prayer. And let me start off with a question, because um, I'm curious. How many of you would say, if you're really honest, don't, don't raise your hand yet, but if you're, if you're really honest, like how many of you would say that your, your prayer life could use a boost? Like you're a follower of Jesus, but you could be a better prayer. How many of you? Both of my hands are up, right? I mean, I, that, that's, this is so me. In fact, so much of my prayer life, I feel inadequate as a prayer warrior. I make jokes about it, and I tell you things like, hey, if you want prayer, like come to me. 
then you can tell me your prayer, and I'll pray for you, but, but really, if you really, really, really want God to hear you, um, you go talk to my wife, Mary, because, like, God, like, she's God's favorite, and she, and, and like, seriously, like, like, she's a way better prayer than I am, um, and I joke about that, but it's because, like, I feel like I could be so much better. I need to be so much better in prayer, because if, if I'm honest, like, sometimes I feel guilty for not praying enough, and I know a lot of people in here are probably like that. And so today, um, this is not so much a sermon. This is not like this is not like like me preaching a whole lot. There's there's not a lot of sparkle in this message. Um, but what I'm going to do is build a um, a very simple foundational understanding of being anchored in prayer. And so this is way more a teaching than me getting up and preaching and and life change and all that stuff. However, there's life-changing elements to this message that if you take them and you apply them, will revolutionize your prayer life, therefore revolutionizing your life, I promise you. And so I want to focus on, I'm going to start out with why we have a hard time praying, why it seems we don't have a, 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 a great prayer life. And so let me give you four reasons based on my experience. And these are, these are, these are usually Ryan's excuses um, of why it seems difficult to be anchored in prayer. See if you connect with any of these at all in your own life. Number one, a lot of people aren't really sure how to pray. Not really sure how to do it. How do I pray? Am I praying the right way? Am I praying too long? Am I praying too short? Am I doing it right? Do I stand up? Do I sit down? Do I lay down? Do I get in a ball? Can I pray for this? Can I pray for that? What should I be praying for? Is this God's will? Is this not God's will? Like, we don't even know how to do it, right? A lot of us, we just don't know where to start. We don't know how to pray. There, we've, been, we've been taught formulas. We've been taught things that we need to say. We've been taught prayers that we need to memorize. Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Is it, am I supposed to say this one here and this one here and this? Am I supposed to get beads? Am I supposed to follow them along? Like, what am I supposed to do, right? Number two, a lot of us, and I say us uh, because this is 100% me, a lot of us, we get bored or distracted while we're trying to pray. Anybody? Not, not anybody else here? Am I the only one? Like, like this is, man, I can be so ready to pray. Like, I can have a list of things I need to pray for, people I need to pray for. Like, I've got it, man, and I'm, I'm getting ready, and, and, I'm, and I'm going, and I've got prayer music on, and I'm like, okay, God, you're holy, you're awesome, you're incredible. Today's going to be an incredible day. God, would you speak to the staff? Would you help the staff? And God, the people that come into the church, as they're coming into the church, would you just, I wonder what's for lunch at Bordenero's today. Did I change the oil in my truck? Did I, like, squirrel, like, like, seriously, like, that's me. Like, I can be into it, and then, boom, I get so distracted. So that's number two. Number three, we think our requests are way too small for God. We really do. You know, we believe and we say that God is all-powerful and God is all-knowing. He's, he's, he's ever-present and he's always with us and he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us and, and he loves us and we say he reigns and he rules supreme. So why would he, why would the sovereign creator of the universe, why would he be concerned with this teeny, tiny, little, minuscule thing that's bothering me? I mean, come on, he's God. Why would he be concerned about this and so because of that because we think our requests are too small for God we don't talk to him we don't take those things and then they build up inside of us number four some of us aren't sure that our prayers will make a difference we're just not sure 
We say things like, well, if God already knows and God could do anything that he wants anyway, why do I need to pray? Didn't work last time. I prayed for months and months and months, and God didn't do what I wanted him to do. And so why would I need to pray? It's not going to make a difference. And so because of those reasons, and I'm sure we can make a list of a lot more, but because of these reasons of, of why we don't pray, many of us go through life truly believing in God but having a half-hearted, sometimes non-existent prayer life. And so let's start at the most basic level today, and we'll build up from there. Let's kind of get the anchor in the water, if you will. I'll start by giving you a very, very, very simple definition to prayer. What is prayer? How can I simply define prayer? Prayer is just communicating with God. That's it. It is just talking to God. That's what it is. And the thought is, it can't be that. That's way too simple. Like, you've got to be able to go through this person and this person and this person, and you've got to go to this place, and you've got to get into this little booth, and you've got to tell this guy this, and then he tells you this stuff back, and then you've got to do this thing and this thing, and then you've got to come back here, and you've got to talk to this saint and that saint, and you've got to go through all of that other stuff, and that's not what it is at all. Prayer is just simply talking to God. The Bible says, look at this, this isn't in your notes, I just threw this in there, it's not Psalm 5. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, says, let us, talking, talking to us as Christians, as Jesus followers, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. This is, talk, this is talking about us going to God with prayer, with our request. Like we take what matters to us and we go with confidence before our Father and we talk with him. Let's go with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's so hard to imagine that we have access to the almighty God, the creator of the universe. Because again, we've been told over and over and over again, you don't have it. You gotta come here and you gotta do this and you gotta say this and you gotta do it this way and you gotta do it that way. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. You have access to simply talk to God. So prayer is. Prayer is communicating with God. Let me show you this section of the Bible that I absolutely love when it comes to prayer. It's uh, King David. King David had this jacked up life, man. He did, he did some bad stuff. But he always goes back to God, and, and he's, he's repenting, and he's seeking God. I mean, he, he had a life where he was after God. Matter of fact, the Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. And, and, and he is, he's praying in, in Psalm chapter 5. And, and I, wanna, I want you to see how, how different David prayed, right? And, and kind of get us out of this this box. As we start our 21 days, like I, I want to show you that you, you, you and I, all of us as a church, we need to break out of our prayer box and, and just pray creatively. Like pray to, to God in our own way. Psalm chapter 5, verse 1, David prays this Give ear to my words, O Lord. He's like, God, I, I need you to hear me. All right, God, I know you're going to listen. And so here we go. Give ear to my words. And then he says this Consider my sign. Now, I want to stop right there and talk about that because it seems weird, but it's huge that he's asking God to consider his sighing. When I first looked at that, I like, hey, God, consider my whining, right? Because that's what, that's what it seems like. His sighing is going to be communicating towards God. And that seems really weird until you think about it. Like, like think about sighing for a second. Like, just think about that. Just think about, Think about something in church again? Like right there, you just did it. Like, like, let's think about it at my house. All right, I'll give you, I'll give you a personal example. Uh, my wife, Mary, there are times that she will sit down next to me and she will sigh a sigh of frustration because she's married to me. 
right? Ladies, you know that sigh. Men, you know that sigh, right? Don't amen, but you, you know it. So she can sigh like that. Or she can sigh a very content sigh, like I've got her in my arms. She's protected. She feels safe, like I'm her knight in shining armor. I'm her rescuer, and she's just like, ah. The first one happens way more often. <laughs> I don't even know if the second one has ever happened, right? You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but here's the thing. Both of those things communicate something, and I understand that because we're connected, because we're in relationship. The same thing is true with God. Don't don't miss this. David is communicating with God with a sigh, a sigh of frustration, a sigh of contentment, just a sigh. Here in the psalm, David is like, God, I want you to consider my sighing. God, you and me, oh, God, we're so close. I can sigh towards you, and you can acknowledge me. And God, uh, you can understand what I'm saying. And and, and they're just kind of going back and forth. Man, that's awesome. Verse 2, listen to my cry for help, my king and my God, for to you I pray. Right here, he's acknowledging that he's not just praying to some God that he knows about. He's praying to his God, the creator of the universe. Consider my cry to you. You're my God. You're my king. In verse 3, he says this. In the morning, I love this, this is awesome. In the morning, O oh Lord, you hear my voice. I want you to stop and think about how life-changing that really is. That God, the, the sovereign ruler of the universe, the creator, the sustainer of the universe, hears our voice. That he cares enough about us to listen. In the morning, God, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. And then look what he does, this is huge. I wait and expectation. God, you are so good. That's what David is saying. You're so good. You've been so faithful, and I know of your goodness. Oh, God, here are my requests. This is what I'm thinking about, and so I'm going to sit, and I'm going to wait. I know you're going to do something. God, I know you're going to do something great because you did it last time, and so I'm going to wait in expectation. I can't wait to see, God, what you're going to do. You may do exactly what I ask. You may do something better. You may do something different, but God, I know your heart, and I know your character, and I know you're faithful to respond to my prayers. Consider my sign. Give ears to my prayer, O Lord. I'm leaning into you. I'm giving this to you, and I'll wait. God, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. I wait in expectation. I love that. I love it. Wait in an expectation. That's not how most of us grew up praying. We grew up praying for something that we want right now. God, I need you to move now. God, I need this to happen right now. God, if you do this for me, then I promise I'll do this for you. God, this is what I want to happen. I'm not waiting for anything. God, if you don't do it, then I'm going to walk away, right? But David, but David's heart is, God, you're awesome. And I'm going to wait in expectation. He created this expression towards his father. So how do I go about doing that? How do I anchor myself in prayer? Well, the cool thing is, again, there isn't necessarily a uniform way for us to do this because we're all different. We can all relate to God in different ways. God is our Father, and we all relate to him in different ways. Think about it like this. If you have kids, if you have multiple kids, I bet you anything that you connect with them, you relate in different ways because they're unique, right? I've got two. They're both incredibly different, and we connect in different ways. The way I relate to Chloe is different than how I relate to Jaira. They have different personalities. They have different hobbies. They have different interests. But, but, but don't miss this. 
Because I'm in relationship with them. Because they're mine. Because they're my kids. I connect with them. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I connect with them. The same thing is true with God. We all relate in different ways, but whatever it takes, whatever it takes, he's going to connect with you because you're his. And so give yourself permission to recognize that prayer is not just kneeling down next to your bed with your hands clasped. It's not some rote, memorized prayer. It it can be different for every single one of us. Some of you, some of you might like to sing, and you can sing your prayers to God. You're a great singer. Sing out to God. Sing praises to God. Others of you, you'd make the American Idol blooper reel. You can't sing your way out of a wet paper bag. And God's probably like, please don't sing to me. Like, I I don't know. That's probably me. That's where he would be at. Some of you, some of you like to write. Maybe you could just write out your prayers to God. Some of you, you you just, just learn to pray and just learn to talk to God during normal things of the day. Like when you're hurting, just go before God, cry out to God. When you're having a great day, when you're sparkling, man, just be like, whoo, God, man, you are awesome. I'm driving in today, and that sunset, whoo, you're such a show-off, baby, whoo. I don't even know what it means, man. Nobody has ever looked at me and said, Dang, boy, you sparkle. Like, I seriously, I don't even know where that even came from. But you know what? Prayer. We need to break out of our preconceived ideas of what prayer has to be and how awesome it really can be because prayer really can be awesome. Again, prayer is communicating with God. It's simply talking to him. And so let me give you four simple ways to communicate with with God, all right? Four simple ways. Um, The first one is you've got to learn to talk to God with honesty. You, You have to be real. Um, the word I've been using this morning is raw. You've got to be raw before God. Like, we're going to have to learn how to come to God with honesty because the reality is so many people don't. Like, like you'll get around people, and, and, and they're acting normal, and then they get fake when it comes in front of God. Like, like for me, um, I'll be around people. It's mostly guys. All right, we'll, we'll go to lunch or whatever, and we'll just be talking. Just normal talk. Dude, how you doing? Dude, good, man. How you doing? Great. Did you see the game last night? Yeah, man. Can you believe that ref did that? No, man. I can't believe Helmkamp did that, man. He's crazy. I just can't even believe it. I just don't even want to talk to him. I mean, he just like, what? Food comes out. Hey, man, you want to pray for the food? Sure. Oh, heavenly gracious Father, creator and sustainer of the substance before us. You're like, the heck is that? What are you doing? Then they get done praying and they're like, hey, man, pass the salt. And you're like, no, what did you just do? You don't talk to other people like that. Why do you talk to God like that? See, sometimes people put on a show for God in prayer, right? They pray so long and so loud, and they're just so showy. You know any people like that? Don't point, but you know people like that? I think God's in heaven just going, oh, stop. I mean, imagine Imagine if one of my kids came up to me today and just stopped right in front of me and said, Oh, grand, omnipotent father of the household, I beseech you, my earthly priest of the home, my gas tank runneth under. Could you possibly find it in your heart of hearts to pass me some coin? Drugs, now. Go get them, put them right here. 
What do they do? Like when, when they were little, man, they would climb in, into my lap. I learned so much about the heart of God through, through my kids being little. And, and even as they're growing, I, I learn about how God just deals with us as his children. But, but they would crawl on my lap with authenticity and just be like, Daddy, I love you. Let's go play. Now it's like, hey, Dad, I need gas money. Oh, yeah, and I love you. <laughs> but it's, it's real and it's raw, right? L- listen, d- don't miss this. God, our Heavenly Father, wants you to talk, and he wants you to talk to him with realness. It doesn't have to be a show. And no matter what's going on in your life, be real, be raw. Well, you don't understand. I'm upset with God. I'm ticked off at him. Tell him. He's big enough to handle it. I promise he can handle it. In fact, there are times in the Bible where people are so honest, it's almost scary. There are so many examples in the Bible of, of people kind of like almost yelling at God. And I guarantee you God is secure enough to handle it because some of these things you read and you're like, Ooh, you did not just say that to God. He's going to blow you up. But he never does. L- look at this. There's this time in the Old Testament, Moses. He's ticked off at God. All this stuff had been happening, and, and, and he starts praying. And you can just hear the disappointment and the sarcasm in, his, in this prayer. It's Exodus 5, verse 22. Again, all this stuff had been happening, and Moses returns to God in prayer, and he cries out, Oh, Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? I mean, if you read through the whole thing, you can hear, like, the pain and the doubt and the confusion in his voice. And he says, ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak your name, he's brought trouble upon his people, and you've not rescued your people at all. What's going on? Like, he lays it all out. He's honest. He's real. He's raw. You want to anchor yourself in prayer? Begin to talk with honesty before God. Get real and raw. Now, you always want to be reverent. All right, I got to say that. Don't, don't go in there being raw and dropping a bunch of F-bombs to the Lord. All right, that's probably not good. But you, you want to be worshipful and you want to be submissive but there are times you can say god dude i don't get it i've been trying to do what i thought you wanted me to do what's going on is it you is it me tell me who god god what's like i don't even i don't even know what's going on god i don't even know words to speak right now i don't even know what to do i guess you're gonna have to consider my sign because like i'm just upset there may be times you're looking at something going i don't don't know god i'm concerned god I don't know what's happening in our community right now. It's divided over this and that, and people are upset, and people want you to do this thing, and other people want you to do this other thing, and people aren't in church, and people aren't going here, and people don't want to go to school, and and I'm nervous about what's going to happen, and I'm scared. Just go talk to God about it. Just go talk to God with honesty, openness, realness, and be raw. In fact, if you look at Jesus, there's only two things that Jesus ever criticized about people's prayers. The only time he criticized is when they were too lengthy for show purposes and when they were inauthentic, like when they were fake. He said this, look at this, Matthew 6, verse 5, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. They were more concerned about what people would think of their prayers than what God would think. And then he says this in verse 7, and when you pray, and, and see in both of these times, the implication is that you're going to pray, right? And when you pray, not if you pray, not maybe you might pray, when you pray, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Listen, 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 listen. Your prayer doesn't have to be unnecessarily long, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be fancy before God. Just talk to God with honesty. Just be real. Just be raw. 
I guarantee you, most of, most of you, most of you raised your hand at the beginning and said, my prayer life could improve. And if you would just talk to God like a close friend, your prayer life will take off, I, I promise. But you gotta do it with honesty. You've gotta be real. Second thing, we need to learn to talk to God about everything. Everything that matters to us. What matters to you? What matters to you? What matters to you? Talk to God about it. Talk to God about it in prayer. The Bible is very clear in Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious about, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, the big things, the small things, the medium things, the teeny tiny things, the things that we think are insignificant, in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, you present your request to God. In everything, we talk to God about it, everything. Whatever is important to you, you talk to God about it. My kids tell me all the time things that matter to them. And, and, and a lot of times, like, I don't got a whole lot of interest in it. Like, do I really care about the latest TikTok video? Not really, but I'll watch it because it matters in the moment to my kid. And, and, and I want to connect with them. I want to be intimate, on an intimate level with them. And, and so what matters to them matters to me. And that's the way that God looks at you and me as his children. If it's important to you because you're God's kid, it's important to him. In fact, I was, I was looking through the Bible studying, and I, and I found this list. And for fun, um, I, I took this list that somebody else made. I added some stuff to it, took some stuff out. Uh, I mean, th these are, I could have put together hundreds of things. But I want to show you the uniqueness of what different things matter to different people in the Bible. These are what people cared about and took to God. Let me give you this short list really fast. There was a guy named Zacchaeus. He wanted a son. He said, God, please give me a son. He just, that is just as simple as that. God, please give me a son. Give me a son. Um, Solomon asked God for wisdom. Above all, give me wisdom. Um, people asked God for water. Moses and Samson asked him. Daniel had this weird dream. He's like, God, help me understand what this dream meant. And he prayed about it, and God showed him. Gideon said, this angel showed up, this angel of the Lord, and told Gideon to do something. He's like, God, if that's you, I need a sign. Give me proof. God, if this is really you, you got to show me. And that's a lot of us, right? Hey, God, if that's you, I want you to show me a sign. Like, like I need to know 100% I'm stepping into your will. Abraham had a servant who prayed that God would give him favor to find a wife. David, the Psalm 5 guy, he prayed for forgiveness after sinning with Bathsheba. Like he had an affair with a married woman, and he goes and he prays for forgiveness. And he says this, this prayer is, he says, Create me a clean heart, O God, renew a steadfast spirit. And then last night, this, this really kind of became sort of like my phrase, um, maybe for me, and possibly for our church. He says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Last night, that jumped off the page to me. Restore the joy of my salvation. I was like, oh my gosh, if we could just get to that point as individuals and as a church, if we could remember back to the time that we got saved, that time when we crossed over from death to life, if you remember that, if you remember that moment where you felt like, man, I am changed. Jesus Christ is alive. He's real. And if he did it for me, he could do it for you. And you run out and you tell everybody and you have no theological training you don't understand anything you just know that you're changed and you're joyful about it and you want to take on the world that's how I was but the longer we walk and the more mature that we get we, we forget about that and we forget about what that was like and I was just like God man if you could just restore the joy the joy of our salvation 
man, revival could break out in our community and in our land. And so, I don't know, that's not the message. That's just in the text. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to start moving that in my life and see what God, what, what he does. Um, Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. Paul prayed that, that God would take the thorn away from his side. He, three times he said, God, please take it away. Jesus prayed his disciples be one, that they'd be unified. The disciples prayed for boldness. Make us bold in the midst of persecution. That's a prayer we need to pray. Make us bold in a time of, in a time of doubt, in a time of darkness, in a time of confusion. God, God, make us bold to make the name of Jesus famous. But when, when you look through the Bible, again, we could go through this huge list, and this is kind of blowing through that right there. But you can see that all of these different things matter to God's kids. And because they matter to God's kids, they matter to God. They took it before God, and it mattered to God. And so pray about everything. What matters to you? Pray about it. Talk to God about it. You got headaches? Talk to God about it. Your feet hurt at the end of a long work day? Talk to God about it. You got a car that's got 300,000 miles on it, and you're saying, should I trade it in? Should I keep it going? Should I cut some Flintstone holes in the floor in case it runs out of gas and I got to use my feet? Like, talk to God about it. Your kid is struggling in third grade? Talk to God about it. Your boss is driving you crazy at work? Talk to God about it. You're concerned about the economy? You're concerned about what's happening, what's happening going on with COVID? Talk to God about it. You got tension in your family? You're worried? You're stressed out? You got anxiety? Do what? Talk to God about it. Talk to God. Whatever matters to you, talk to God about it. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all of our cares, cast our anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. So to anchor yourself in prayer, you've got to talk to God openly and honestly with realness. You've got to be raw. You, you need to talk to God about everything that matters to you. And then number three, you've got to learn to talk to God continually. Talk to God continually. And, and this right here, this, this third point on prayer, I promise for many of you, this can revolutionize your prayer life. I know because it has mine. L- look at this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. says, rejoice always and pray continually. On the New King James Version, you've probably heard this before, it says pray without ceasing. Um, pray continually, pray without ceasing. Give thanks to God in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To pray continually. The number one most positive change in my prayer life has been to learn how to pray continually. Because like I told you, I can't pray in long spurts. I can't. I have, like, there's no joke. It's legit. I got ADD prayer life. I really do. Now, some of you, you're more like my wife, Mary. She has a focused prayer time. She's a focused prayer warrior, man. She can pray about something and she's just she just hammers away but what I've learned to do is instead of praying for long spurts is I've learned how to pray often throughout the day I'm learning to have an ever um I'm learning how to practice the presence of God does that make sense I'm learning how to have an awareness of the presence of God in every situation but to do that um, I have to really retrain my mind I got to train my mind daily on these things. And so for me, my first thought of, of the day is a God thought. Immediately, when I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, God, thank you for this day. It sucks that I'm awake this early in the morning, but thanks. And, and God, will you use my life for your glory today? That, that's how I've been starting my days. Um, I, I don't pray for long periods of time. Don't miss this. This is good. I don't pray for long periods of time, but I never go long periods of time without praying. You, you know what I'm saying? I walk into the office, I walk into church, I walk back here to the office, I'm like, God, I pray that today you'll help me lead this church effectively. 
uh, I, I got to go to a meeting. God, God, will you, will you give me words? Will you give me the wisdom to say the right thing? God, there's this decision that we need to make. God, I need your help making the right decision. Will you speak to me? Will you speak to the elders? Will you speak to the leadership team? Will you speak to the staff? Will you help us make the right decision? And so it's always, an, it, it's always a consistent, it's not a constant conversation, but there's a, there's a big difference it's this consistent conversation with God. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It doesn't have to be just over a meal, but it's just this ever-awareness of the presence of God. It's practicing the presence of God, and it's an ongoing conversation. I heard a guy teach this once, and uh, it's really cheesy, um, but it's on bumper stickers and Christian T-shirts and stuff, um, but it's stuck in my head, and, and I like it. He, he said this. He said, I, I learned to pray and um, I, when it comes to continual prayer, praying without ceasing, I, I learned to push, P-U-S-H, which stands for I pray until something happens. And I'm like, that's, that's really good. Because there's this story in Luke 18 that Jesus talks about this lady. L- let me read it to you quickly. It says this, then Jesus, this is verse 1, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. <laughs> that's huge. Always pray and don't give up. He said in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. There was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come out and attack me. I think that's kind of funny. See this little old lady with a stick just beating on the judge. Um, And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I will tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Listen to the beginning of this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And it ends, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that kind of faith on earth? When Jesus comes back, What's he going to find? Is he going to find a people who are persistent in prayer? Listen, this lady, she comes before the judge, this unrighteous judge, and who finally gives in because she's so persistent. And, and Jesus says, don't you think God will be like that to you? You're, he, you're his chosen people. Don't you think he's going to be like that if you're persistent in prayer? We need to be persistent in prayer. And we should be at a place where we're continually praying before God. And we pray until something happens. We pray until God either changes the circumstances or God changes us. That's what he does. Those are the two things that he does. He either changes the circumstances or he changes us. But he always changes something. He always hears us and he always moves. That's what happens when we're continually in prayer. And so when you're driving to work, Keep praying to the Lord. When you're mowing your lawn, keep praying to the Lord. When you're in conversations with other people, keep praying to the Lord. What is prayer? It's communicating. It's talking to God. It's talking to him with honesty. It's being real. It's being raw. It's talking to him about everything that matters to you. It's talking to him continually. And number four is learning to talk to God, and then we listen for his response. We talk, we shut up, and listen for his response. Imagine how empty any relationship is when there's only one-sided communication, like a marriage. Right? A marriage is not going to work if just one person talks all the time. Seriously, th- think about marriage. If one person is always barking commands, expecting the other person to just move and do what they say, like that's not a very happy marriage, is it? L- like if I always said to Mary, hey, here's what I want you to do, 
And I never listened to her of why she couldn't do it. I'm just like, hey, I want you to make breakfast today. Hey, can you mail this for me today? Hey, can you pick up the dry cleaning today? Hey, can you do this today? Can you do that today? Can you do this? She's going to be pretty frustrated if I'm not listening. And so later on, when I come back, and I'm like, hey, baby, you come over here and give me a little kissy kissy. She's going to be like, kiss yourself, boy. Right? That's what's going to happen. Because there hadn't been two-way communication all day. And within that, there's not much of a meaningful relationship. There can't be intimacy when that's not going on. And if that's true in marriage, why would we think that God would be any different? Because listen, don't miss this. God not only wants to hear us, but he wants us to hear him. And so you ask, how is he going to speak? How does he speak? Well, there's all kinds of different ways. For me, I've told you before, um, the primary way that God speaks to me is through his word. It's me spending time in his word, praying, God speak to me, and, and, and it's, the, it's, it's me and the Bible. Um, I've got this new Bible app. You should check it out. It's called Dwell, D-W-E-L-L. It is amazing. Um, there's, there are people who read the Bible to you. And so there's like seven or eight different voices, people that you can choose from that read the Bible. Um, and there's some different versions. And you could choose the music that's in the background. For me, right now, it's Felix. Felix is this African dude, and he's reading the Bible, and I got this ambient music in the background, and like last night, I just threw on Philippians, and threw the phone next to my bed, and I'm praying, and I'm just listening to scripture be read over me as I go to sleep. I'm telling you, man, it has helped me with stress and anxiety and sleeping through the night and things. There's something powerful in having the word read over you. When my kids were little, we would read scriptures over them all the time. We would stand outside of their room um, with their door closed, and we would read scriptures. We would have little scriptures that we post-it noted above their door frames and stuff like that, and we got away from that. We stopped doing that, and, 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 and I wondered why we why do we stop as they get older and why as adults do we stop why do we stop having somebody read scripture over us there's power in that that's another message for another time um, but if you guys really want to check out something cool it's a dwell app you got to pay for it um, but it's but it's super cool um, you say well I don't want that I want to hear the loud booming voice of God well he may speak that way maybe but he often doesn't like there, there's this guy in Elijah I want to show you this real quick then I'll be done um, God spoke to Elijah one time in the Bible. The Bible says that there was this wind that tore through the mountains. Like Elijah is, is waiting in the, the, this cliff, and he's in front of this cave, and he's, he's waiting for God to move. He's waiting in expectation. He knows God's going to move. God told him he was going to move, and so he's waiting, and this wind comes, and it shatters the rocks, but he finds out that God wasn't in the winds. Then there was this huge earthquake, and most people say like God was in that earthquake, but he wasn't in the earthquake. And then there came this big blazing fire. And here's Elijah waiting in expectation. He's looking, and he's standing in this cliff, and he's, wait, he's looking in this fire, but God's not in the fire. And then God comes. And in verse uh, 12 of chapter 19 of 1 Kings, it says this. After the fire came, look at this, there came a gentle whisper. That's how God spoke. Not in the shattering of the rocks, not in the earthquake, not in the big blazing fire, not with a loud booming voice, a gentle whisper. I'm telling you, God may speak to you in a gentle whisper. He may speak when you're in prayer, when you open up his word, as you search through his word. He, he, he may speak to you as you read his word daily. God may speak to you through other people. God may speak to you through circumstances. But listen to me, God always speaks if we're willing to listen. He may speak through the voice of his spirit. He, he may speak from the, from the inside. He may speak from the outside, but he's going to speak. The problem is many people aren't listening 
And so they're missing what God has to say to them. If you will make a commitment today to anchor yourself in prayer, I promise you, 10 years from now, your life can look radically different because God could want to say something to you today in prayer that could change the course of your family. He could say something to you today that could change generations to come. Because listen, when you're anchored in prayer, God will hear from you, and if you listen, you will hear from God. Prayer, communicating with, talking to the creator of the universe. Get anchored in it. Get anchored in prayer. You can start today. Pastor Gary's going to come up and he's going to talk to you about our 21-day prayer event right now.